Hello, hi, and welcome to the Chisa Pod. I am Doyen Pande, and thank you so much for tuning in. Now, on today's pod, we're speaking to South Africa's very own legendary producer and composer, who is well known for his soundtracks on The Lion King, The Power of One, and many, many more. <laughs> yes, you guessed it. It's none either than Lebo M. And if you grew up in Gladys Soweto back in the day, you might know him better as Lebo Hang Morake. So stay tuned for that conversation. Uyaz Umzanzi Salevil is filled with flavor. But you know that Or who secured the latest bag? Or just who's dripping with sauce? And who's adding the spice? Because if it's hot, then it's definitely in the cheese pot. Hello. Hello. Hi there. How are you? Finally. I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, so firstly, I mean, we have so much to talk about. So many congratulations are in order. Um, Thank you. Yes, yes. Uh, you are traveling everywhere, first of all. I'm not too sure why, so we can get into it. Uh, you in Taiwan, the other day you were in Germany. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, your recent travels and what they're in line with? Oh, right now, uh, like I said, I'm in Taiwan. I just came out of the longest, longest quarantine, mm. uh, 14 days, which is cool. But uh, we're preparing for my concerts here uh, in December. Mm. Uh, but obviously, the world we live in now, we have to invest, what, two weeks in quarantine. Then we start my rehearsals with the orchestra. Um, I think December 2nd, I have two, two days of two four concerts here mm. and that'll be my last one obviously prior to this I was doing uh now it's been busy basically uh since this uh, year started and we came out of uh lockdown I was in Switzerland Los Angeles New York all over the place and mm. then working on my, mo- on my movie projects so it's been busy well really thankful been rough I mean we what, had a year and a half or two of to- total global shutdown so uh, it's been rough. I'm not different from anybody else. Mm. Uh, fortunately, we kept our hustle going and uh, things are looking up. We're back to being almost uh, our normal busy schedule. So yeah. I'm thankful. Yeah. yeah. Are you traveling alone? Uh, no, I never travel alone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right. Um, I want to get into, obviously, the, the recent project that we're mostly celebrating right now, which is The Woman King. Uh, it, yeah. It's quite a big Hollywood blockbuster, obviously, and it's, it's your second one, um, which is a continuation from, from, from The Lion King to The Woman King. It's almost written in the stars that it was something that you were supposed to do. <laughs> anyway. Ironic, isn't it? Yeah, it's quite, mm. uh, quite special, very thankful. Well, we've been busy with this project uh, for a while now. Uh, let me see, since around September. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, the conversation and negotiations have been going on for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, thankfully, uh, I actually did most of the work before I left home mm-hmm. and have delivered the work. And obviously, uh, we'll finish the project sometime in February when we now get into the mixing and mastering and all the technical fun stuff. But it's a great, great movie. I'm very uh, 
thankful that I got this opportunity uh, mm. to, to do work on this movie here. Mm, mm. And are you getting to um, rub shoulders with the, with the big Hollywood stars that are involved in this project as well? There are the guys that are always working in some dark room somewhere called studio. We never really <laughs> ever, ever uh, get to that level of interaction. Of course, uh, if you're working with a director and a producer, uh, you're constantly in line with them. But in this instance, no, I'm not the uh, fortunate guy who's uh, only when you like the premiere and if you're not busy doing a red carpet and or certain meetings, yeah, but I don't pay attention to that. My work is mostly in the studio. Mm, mm. Yeah. I guess for a lot of people, maybe even just coming up in the music industry, there's a lot of light to be shed in, in the industry that you're in, specifically in music composition. What does that really encompass exactly? Well, it depends. Um, various film projects come in different uh, formats. For example, this very last one, the first music that's been written is the music I wrote, which then the movie is shot too. Uh, mm. Once I delivered the mix and the uh, generic masters, my team actually this uh, coming weekend is going on set to supervise the shooting of the movie with the producers, the talent and the, the project. So basically my team is the people that rub shoulders with the important people that everybody wants to know <laughs> if I'm working with or not. Yeah. While um, while basically while I'm here, uh, my team is now on set to mm. supervise the, the music for the shoot. That's one way. The other way is you get uh, normally composers get uh, the, the 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 script obviously, and the, after the director has shot and laid out the movie, then it gets sent to you, and you lock yourself in some little dark room called studio for months and months, and you interact. Uh, once you get to, uh, you know, right before the movie is released and you're doing the final touches, for the most part, then you interact with the director and the producer and the person. And also, remember, COVID has introduced a, a new way of working. Mm. Uh, we, I mean, we we Zoom everything now. And with this project, in as much as you said that, um, you know, working with, um, you're not necessarily able to, to, to interact with the stars that are involved on, on The Woman King or any other film because you're in the dark room, as you mentioned. What does it actually mean to you to be part of this, to, to this, with this film actually altogether? Well, it, it's quite special in many ways. Ne? Mm. One, obviously, as we spoke earlier, it's very difficult to get work coming out of COVID, whether in South Africa, in New York, in London, it's a very difficult time. So to be considered... Uh, for a project is quite special, but now to be considered and end up working on a project as special as this one is, is quite exceptional, uh, it's exciting, and in many ways is a first for me. Um, I'm, for example, my entire career I've worked with probably some of the film composers and producers in the world, some of the best ones, but I haven't worked with uh, a, a Black film composer Mm. Uh, that I'm so excited about to be teamed up with Terence uh, Blankard. And, of course, uh, a film that is so timely with such amazing talent, especially from South Africa and uh, around the, the diaspora, uh, produced by Violet Davis, is quite special to me. And it's, a, it's an amazing movie. 
that even how I worked on the Lion King in 1994 is uh, I started interacting with Elton and Tim and the big name stars. Once we get towards the movie being released and obviously over the years, the Lion King went to the Broadway production and then you really are interacting. In this instance, it's my work and my music that was used in uh, the Lion King 2019 that ultimately ended up with uh, uh, Beyonce and people like Beyonce being in the movie in different ways of working that I'm used to. So we basically met and interacted at a premiere in, in London. But you work remotely and I've uh, not really set in the same studio with Beyonce. Or, but there's no, but again, but a stranger in such a way. So one appreciates the fact that my work has got me to where I am, where I'm not a stranger to high profile, uh, you know, international superstars. But ultimately, it's, it's my work in that movie that's more representative uh, than my physical presence in the space, which I kind of like also sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So you enjoy being at the dark. I also like how barricading Itilemo, even though you're in Taiwan. <laughs> I don't know. I you know, I'm, I'm a township boy, so mm. uh, I communicate on in in every way uh, mm. humanly possible to express myself. Mara, the the thing is, I'm aware how sensationalistic my industry can be, and the euphoria in and around yeah. the work I do. Uh, mm. it, it it is the most, uh, uh, but again. It's 99% hard work throughout the year, and the red carpets are the only party we have in mm. this business, you know. Uh, unless, of course, when we enter the space where I am now, the last three, five years, I've been uh, performing around the world live in concert with probably some of the, uh, the big names that I'm not used to sharing a platform with, but when we go on stage to perform the music that we've written for movies, in some instances, it's quite special to, to be in the same stage with people that you've worked with quite privately. Mm. Uh, so I'm entering that phase now in my career where the work I do when I leave South Africa, I have never gotten a full concert or done a full concert in South Africa or Africa. But what I'm doing here in, in Taiwan is touring the, the Taiwan, uh, which is one of the most awesome places in the world to tour with a full orchestra and a full choir doing my repertoire. And from here, I'm going on a world tour again with my friend Hans Zimmer, another two and a half, three months on the major venues around the world. So that part is becoming more and more fun when we did uh, Coachella as myself, Hans and Pharrell, and we hang out and do what we love to do now live for the audience. That's quite different than new. So there's a, there's a bit of an excitement to come out the dark rooms in that sense. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Especially even after the pandemic, being able to jump on stage is quite a huge thing. Um, but yeah. do you, when you mentioned that you're able to go and would you tour more rather internationally rather than locally, what do you think the reason is that behind that? I, I don't think it's anything exceptionally special or reception or lack thereof. One, I think I'm aware very consciously the work I do uh, is film high uh, value orchestras. It's not 
the kind of stuff that uh, will commonly be, but again, regular gohai, yeah. uh, where uh, like the largest number uh, of level M fan base and audience is people that are exposed to soundtrack, orchestral music, mm-hmm. exposed to uh, huge orchestral Broadway production. It's not your, uh, but again, it's not my piano. It's not stuff that it's not even jazz, you know. So um, it's not unusual that um, uh, the kind of tour or concert one would do, which I still dream of doing at home, uh, it's not. It's not happening all the time. It's quite substantial in amount of money and investment it would take to put us on stage with high quality orchestras and sound lights and design. Uh, you know what I mean. So I will get there. We're still working on a full level M South African Africa tour, but it's quite demanding. Mm. And as much as South Africa has not yet, you know, being able, yet absorbed the the the, to, the 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 orchestra aspect of you yet live, as you said, it is a dream that you want to, um, you know, pursue. But one day we obviously wish to at least, you know, be able to witness that. But one thing that we've been able to witness is your reality show. <laughs> All right, now go. Ah, okay. <laughs> um, you said that you, 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 know, you, you prefer being in the dark room, but obviously, you know, the reality show pretty much puts you in the limelight even all the more. Um, how has that experience been? And do you even see yourself doing that even all the more? Uh, you know what? I'll be very honest. I really, really loved and enjoyed the behind the scenes experience of being part of a reality show because I honestly never knew that one day I'll do anything near uh, a reality show or anything on television. Mm. Uh, I mean, it takes a lot for me to just do an interview on, on TV. Uh, so the, the technical aspect of it, uh, I'm used to how to put together a live concert, a broader production and movies. I, I took it lightly and, and learned so much, especially from our director. Uh, they, they, it's not a very, it looks so easy when you're watching a reality show. The technical aspect of putting together something like that was just an eye-opener, and that was very exciting for me. But how this reality show came about, Leona, it caught me off guard, quite frankly. Mm. Uh, and the way it was presented to me and sold to me, during COVID and during lockdown, mm. I loved and appreciated the approach by uh, my team and the people that were around me at that time. That hey, uh, Lebza, you know, people don't know you in South Africa. And I said, yeah, I like it like this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yes, uh, I said, you know, uh, the pitch was it would be amazing coming out of. Uh, um, the, the world is coming out of this stressful thing mm. to have this light conversation with Lebo M and understand the difference with Lebo Khan, Morake, Wakotla, Digosoweto, and Lebo M. But you would be part of really uh, bringing a lighter element to society. And you're very passionate about your South Africanness, and no one knows that. You're very passionate about being a guy from Soweto, uh, 
and no one knows it. And that, quite frankly, sold me. Now, that's different when you then begin to sit with the teams that are conceptualizing and then you start shooting and you have a treatment and you have a theme. But once the cameras start going, I sit back and watch this thing go south. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, it, it was quite fascinating because it came, you know, when the cameras started turning on, to be very honest, I was going through a very difficult time with my family uh, mm. over at almost two years before we even agreed to do this. Mm. And I didn't know that that will basically explode the way, because the dynamics that one thought would be the kind of dynamics that are normal in family life would sort of come out and, you know, be a discussion in families. One didn't expect the, the short left, right <laughs> hook, uh, emotional turmoil mm. that the show came out with, and especially in relation to my son and myself. It was different when we're dealing with all those difficult dynamics behind the scenes. And when it, it filtered and basically took over the, the show, we ended up basically chasing the emotion of the show that was not designed by the director and the producers, which included myself. So it is what it is, and a lot came out of it. Uh, there's a lot of demand for season two right now. Mm. Um, I'm not sure because I, I didn't know how long it takes to shoot. I didn't know, I didn't have an experience in doing this thing. So now we're looking at many, but uh, I possibilities. I enjoyed it, quite frankly, mm. even though there was a perception of backlash in Tosiviala, which is normal. Uh, I'm not sure if I want to do season two or if I'm able to do season two or if I even want to do this because I didn't expect to, to be on television in that way. But, you know, the cat's out the bag. And for the most part, it was fun to be uh, part of a national discussion uh, to, <laughs> to run into people that say, and I get a lot of inboxes that, you know, we've learned a lot from your show. Okay, you go ahead and do it, you know, do season two. My team, everybody around me, you know, do season two. And I, I don't know yet. We, we're getting very busy right now. Mm. But obviously, as you're getting busy, I think that's also an element that we maybe should be seeing. The fact that you're touring the country, maybe just a different element to the reality show is something that we're also just very much deprived of, seeing you as 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 the man who's being grabbing shoulder, shoulders with Hollywood stars and, and, you know, touring the world and, you know, with orchestras. Now, that was part of season two. But then, you know, then you enter a, a different aspect of it is the, the deal making. The business side of it didn't really come to a quick closure in order for us to do what we were going to do for season two. It was really brilliantly set out. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, then, you know, the deal part of it is still uh, on the table as a discussion. Mm, mm. Have you ever looked into maybe doing even just a documentary or just a book to actually run the narrative in the way that you want to run the narrative? No, that's been part of it uh, long before even this reality show. In fact, that was part of why we thought this was a good move because over and above the documentary, um, finally, for the last 10, 12 years, we've been working on my biography. Nice, so nice. Uh, that comes out, my book comes out 
next year, which will be 30 years since uh, the Broadway production uh, of The Lion King uh, opened on Broadway and around the world. Mm. So fortunately, I have people that are very smart around me who are always about timing. And I agree with that, that most people don't know the significance of our work, especially South Africans and uh, Africans, that we're the longest running, most successful African content in the history of Broadway, now 30 years next year, with exceptional success. Mm. That's why then uh, the biography comes out then to really put uh, our audience domestically and around the world behind uh, this little kid, township boy from Soweto, who ended up being part of this magical project, The Lion King. So... That is the focus, is that uh, my biography, then documentaries and all kinds of, we're, we're really exploring and uh, going into a lot of big projects in the next two to three, five years. But yeah. next year is our biggest year. Well, that's 30 years of The Lion King yeah. uh, movie. My first movie would have been uh, Power of One, which basically turned 30 years this year. So 30 years ago, uh, I was in the studio working on a movie called uh, The Power of One. Mm. So uh, we're very grateful that we have so much to celebrate. We've entered the, the years of milestones that we hope will inspire people, especially at home, when we start unraveling the storyline and our journey mm. through the biography and these milestones. So what else are we going to be celebrating soon? What else are we expecting from... Lebu M, obviously right now it is the woman king. It is the fact that next year you're releasing finally a much anticipated biography. Um, what else can we expect? I also obviously we have to mention the tour. Uh, well, we, we have quite a, a few things that probably would be a good idea to start talking about once I come out of this quarantine and, and leave uh, Taiwan and go get some rest a little bit. I'm in Taiwan from Taiwan, I just want to go home and get some rest, get a little bit of December, uh, hit the beach and get ready to hit the ground running in in January. So, uh, yeah, I'll be home. Also, as you mentioned, the December, it is kind of wedding season too. So is there the hopes that we'd be celebrating that in your name as well? I saw something on on some blog somewhere that you'd be walking down the aisle again. Is that something in the works? Hey, well, one of the blogs. Hey, the blogs. Oh, no. I woke up one day, I read, I was trending that I've been married eight times. I'm about to get married nine times. Hey, yeah, I, don't, I don't pay attention to that. But uh, am I in a relationship? Yes, I'm very happy. And you're very much happy. Love that. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. All the best and also congratulations on everything amazing that's happening in your life. And I can't wait to get my hands on that that autobiography thank you very much huh? thank you so much Joshua. Hey, tada, sure.